I want to read some bits from the Bible and um, and just share with you some of my personal uh, uh, thoughts or revelations around prayer and uh, allow it to bless us and speak to our hearts. So I'm going to start, I think, in Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter 8, starting from verse 31. This is what it says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us, who is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered for for no height. Can we go back to the previous verse? I think we missed one. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life no angels, no rulers, no things present, no things to come, no powers, no height, no depth, no anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are told that God's love is inexhaustible. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. If it's okay with you, I'm going to take some time to teach this today rather than preach. I often preach, but I want to just take a moment to break this down. Can we have that um, the verse up, if, if possible? Uh, so nothing will ever able to, to nothing is going to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we are told Jesus lived, He died, was buried, and He's risen again. Now, if we go back to verse 33, I think it was uh, right at the beginning, or we can read that from the beginning. If we go back to verse 33. Yeah, there it is. Who shall bring any charge against God's elected is God who justifies who is to condemn. Watch this. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. And what's he doing now? He is now at the right hand of God and he is interceding for us. Jesus' current job description is prayer. Jesus' current job description is prayer. Technically speaking, it's not Jesus that heals the sick. The church does. We are told to go and heal the sick. Technically speaking, it's not Jesus who preaches. We preach. We share the word of God with people, and uh, we people hear the word of God. Technically speaking, it is not God who uh, provides as if um, you know it, uh, things fall from the sky and sometimes divine miracles like that happen. But technically speaking, most of the time you're blessed. It's because God uses somebody to bless you. But what is Christ, what is the ascended Christ doing right now? The only clue we are given in scripture is that right now Jesus is praying. Jesus is praying. The risen Christ is currently interceding. Present continuous tense. Jesus Christ, not the Christ that was on earth. The Christ that was on earth, of course, was preaching and healing and helping and saving and doing miracles. And his spirit through the church today still does all of that. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jesus has stopped doing that. His spirit that's living in us still preaches and saves and heals and does miracles. And we see all of that. But the risen Christ right now in all the Bible, if we were to search, you know, um, how many of you ever had a friend uh, who's, uh, who's come to you and said, oh, it was a holiday, it was the bank holiday. Uh, what did you guys get up to, you know? And then uh, you kind of say, well, this is what I was doing. What, the, what does that question mean? That question means, what have you been doing with your time? And imagine asking Jesus that question. Hey, Jesus, what, what are you up to? Like, you know, you died, you rose again, and everything is finished. The sins of all mankind has been paid, and you're now in, in heaven. Like, how did you spend your day? What are you up to? If you read scripture, I'm not saying this is the only thing he's up to. He may be up to other things, but we're not told in the Bible what he's up to. But the only clue we're given in the Bible as to what he's up to is this one verse. He's praying for us. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine the confidence that will do to your own life if you knew God was praying for you? Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is interceding for you. Um, Somebody said it this way. Imagine you guys were roommates. 
Imagine you were roommates. You were in one room, and you could hear your roommate from the other room. And imagine your roommate was Jesus. And through the walls, you can hear Jesus praying for you. What would that do to your confidence? Think about it. What would that do to your prayer life? What would that do to the way you forgave your enemies? What would that do to the way you gave to people? It would change absolutely everything because you're constantly hearing your roommate praying. Well, of course, Jesus doesn't live in the bedroom next to you, so you can't hear him. But the Bible says he has died he's risen again he's now at the right hand of god the father and he is always interceding for us right now jesus is praying for you think of your name whatever your name is right now jesus is praying for you right now i am grateful that jesus shed his blood i'm grateful that jesus forgives sins but boy am i grateful that jesus is in my corner praying for me come on let's give praise to jesus for always interceding for us all the time praying for us right now as we speak jesus is praying for us there are several types of prayer mentioned in the bible we don't have to um we don't have time to go into all of that but i want to talk about one kind of prayer and uh, it's something that i have discovered and i have a few friends that have discovered it too and i want to share with you about that kind of prayer and uh, i believe um some of you in this room will have had experience to know what that is. Um, the reason I say perhaps this is the most important message I will ever share is because I truly believe this is the most important message I will ever share. You see, Oswald Chambers, I'm not quoting him perfectly word for word, but he said these words. He said, you know, the, the, the lower ministries of preaching and healing is maybe open to a few, but the highest ministry of all, the ministry of prayer, is open to everyone. Could you imagine if every time a person gives their life to Jesus, any time a person becomes a Christian, imagine telling them straight away, listen, now you can be used by God, you can make a difference, and you are invited to do the same job description that Jesus is currently doing. What would that do to them to know that that is what we have been invited into, that you and I also get to pray because Jesus is currently praying. Praying. Jesus is currently interceding, and uh, it's such a great privilege. So the verse I want to look at today is Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. The media team have kindly put it up in different versions for me. I want to look at a specific type of prayer. This is what it says. Epaphras, Paul is writing to the church in Colossia and saying this. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Jesus Christ, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Have we got that another version? The message version. Epaphras, who is one of you, says, Hello, what a trooper he has been. He has been tireless in his prayers for you, praying that you will stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. Let's look at it in another version. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Have we got another one? If the NIV, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Actually, we'll pause it there, and we'll just read that together on the count of three. Can we all read that, the count of three? One, two, three. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Um, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our friends, Stefan Hoffer, was here and he reads his Bible in French. And we were having a discussion around this verse. And I said, Stefan, how, how does the word wrestle appear in the French Bible? He said, I, I don't know how to pronounce it and I don't know how to say it. He says it's the word combat. I said, that's a very good translation. 
Epaphras is in combat in prayer for you. You see, some people who have come to the understanding that God is our Father and we can talk to Him. And just like you talk to somebody, you just have a normal conversation because of Jesus, because of His finished work, because you're forgiven. You come and talk to Him like a friend, like a child would be to their father. Some of us, um, when we watch people wrestling in prayer, you wonder, why on earth are they shouting? Like, why on earth are they, like, shouting as if God is deaf? It looks like they are in a wrestling match. Who are they wrestling? Guess what? They are actually wrestling. Because there is a specific type of prayer that not everybody has discovered. Epaphras obviously discovered it. He says he is in combat. He is in a wrestling match. He is wrestling in prayer for you. He, 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 it looks like it's a fight. And some of you in this room will know what that feels like. Because you know there were moments in your life where it felt like there was so much pressure, so much stress, so much worry. And you decided you were going to war. And so you just took time and went to pray. And you prayed 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 and you prayed. And it felt like a bit of a wrestling match because you came out the other end, not so much because something had happened and changed on the outside, but you know on the inside something had changed. How many of you have ever had that experience? You know you've just wrestled in prayer. You come out the other end and say, man, I don't know what it is, but I just feel peace and I just feel life. And if you haven't had that experience, it is my recommendation that today God wants to introduce you to a very specific dimension of prayer. I'm not saying you should always wrestle in prayer. Sometimes it's like a friend talking to a friend. Sometimes it is like a son talking to a father. Sometimes it is just yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But there is a very specific dimension of prayer that feels like a bit of a wrestling match. And if you're here today, man, I'm saying you're thinking, man, I have no idea what that means. How on earth do I wrestle? Please don't go into the specifics or the logistics or the thematics or the technicalities of it. I am just saying the Bible is saying to us that there was a guy called Epaphras who went into a wrestling match whenever it was time to pray. And if that is there in the Bible, then I want to discover it. I want to know what it looks like. Let me look at a few things concerning Epaphras, and I want to share with you, uh, maybe just line by line or one, one, one by one, a few things about Epaphras. The first thing, number one, it, Paul says to the church in Colossae, if we can have that verse up again, please, same verse that we were having, the NIV. Keep that on the, on the screen for me. Epaphras, who is one of you. The first thing that Paul is saying is that Epaphras identified himself with a particular local church family. Epaphras is one of you, he says. Epaphras is one of you. You know, don't you, that we have people who are in the news and in the community today where one of the pande- one of the pandemics that's going on other than other than covid is 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 the presence of um of fatherlessness, the, the, an absent father, a, a father who says, well, I, I, I don't want any responsibility. I just, I just want to come and, and I don't want to protect. I don't want to provide. I don't want to lead. But, uh, you know, I, I love, I, I want everything else, but I just don't want to be a father. And, 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 and statistics all over the world are showing that when you are in the family, but don't want any responsibility with the family, that that not only affects you, it affects all of the people around you. And can I say, if you are a person who is uh, who is in this community and you're listening to me, please don't just be a visitor on a Sunday. Become part of the family. Contribute. Make a difference. Go on the website and sign up where you can join a rota. Start tithing. Start giving. Don't just come and say, oh, worship was great and the was great. God hasn't called you to be a consumer of content. Consumers of content belong on the social media where you can just scroll and scroll and scroll and say, yeah, I've just consumed all that content. And some of us are in the danger of coming to church and consuming content. Yeah, I like that first song. Didn't really like the second song. Loved the third song. The message was great. Fantastic. Loved it. And then you go home and compare notes with how another church did. That makes you a consumer. It does not make you a family member. 
And you have to know that there is danger in just being a consumer of Christianity. You and I are not called to be consumers of Christianity. You and I are called to be followers of Jesus Christ. Epaphras is one of you, Paul says. That means he was in there. One of the things I love is coming to the church building on a Saturday and seeing people work on the building, clean up the building, clean up the mess in the car park, paint the building. One of the things I love is coming to coming here on a Monday and seeing people volunteer in teams. One of the things I love is see, make, seeing some people we don't see for weeks and weeks and weeks because they're in business making money and sending that to the church because their contribution to the church cannot be seen, but it can be felt because they're contributing in the way they're generously giving. Some people can't, don't have time to do that, but they message me and say, I'm praying for the church today. I'm praying for you today. I'm in fasting for you today. I had a dream the other night and God showed me this. Everybody in here can contribute in some way. And Paul says about Epaphras, he's not just a visitor. He's not just an outsider. He is one of you. Every person that is grateful that God has not just given you a physical family on earth, but also has given you a church family to be part of, to belong, to be discipled, to be corrected, to be taught, to do life with so you can make a difference. Let's give Jesus a hand of praise for the church of Jesus Christ, the family of God that we are part of because we are grateful for the gift of church. We are grateful for the gift that he is one of you. He has identified himself as a family member. He is one of you. One of the things, of course, I have to do as a pastor is hear the good things that's about church and hear the things that people don't appreciate about church. Let me tell you something about anything that you don't appreciate, anyone that you don't appreciate. You will stop gossiping the person you start praying for. Try it. You will stop gossiping about the person you start praying for. Anything that you don't like, start praying for it. And all of a sudden you find that you can't use the same language anymore. Why? Because you are now invested in it. You are one of them. It's your personal responsibility to make a difference. Do not be a social media consumer of the local church. Do not be a TikTok consumer of local church. Do not be an Instagram follower of local church. Be one of us. Join the family. Make a difference. Don't just slot it into your diary when it's convenient and say, Jesus didn't work for me. No, it doesn't work that way. If you want to be part of a family, you are all in. Say, I'm all in. Come on, say, I'm all in. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, be all in. Epaphras is one of you. And then he says, he is a servant of Christ Jesus. That's a fascinating statement to make because Paul, the guy who is writing this, perhaps wrote more about sonship than he did any other writer in the Bible. He says, we are sons of God. We're sons of God. We're children of God. We're sons of God. We're sons of God. We're sons of God. And then Paul is introducing a guy called Epaphras as a servant of God. Paul himself refers to himself when he's talking about other people. He says, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. But when Paul is talking to himself, he says, I'm a servant. In fact, in the Greek, the original language, the word is bond servant. Back in the day when slavery was legal and it was practiced all over the world, you could go to the shop just like you go to a supermarket and you could buy people. You could go to the slave market and buy people. Imagine I was going to the slave market and buying Paul. Paul's a friend, so he won't be offended at this example. So I'd go to the slave market and go, oh, that's a fine specimen of a slave. I think I'll have that one, you know. And then I would buy this slave And I, in order to prove to everybody that this was my property, I would brand the slave. I would use um, iron or something that's hot with my emblem on it. And I would brand him either on his ears, on his back, somewhere. So everybody that would look at the branding would go, oh, I know who that slave belongs to. That's the word that Paul is using here. He is a servant of Christ Jesus. That means even though he is a son, he is a child of God, He has decided, I'm going to give up my rights to the rights of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make a conscious decision that it is not my will, but God's will that's important. It's not my way, but God's way that's important. This is never going to be forced by God, but it is an opportunity that he presents to everybody to say, do you want to serve him? 
Everything that's got to do with being a child of God has got to do with Jesus doing it. Jesus shed his blood. Jesus died. Jesus is raised from the dead. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father where you are seated to if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. Now he gives you an opportunity. Will you serve me? Will you serve me? Will you serve me? Will you serve me? You can say yes. You can say no. You can say yes and not follow through with it. You can say no and then change your mind. The point is not so much what you say, but how you live. Getting up every morning and saying, it's not my will, because I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm here to serve Jesus. It is not my, I have lost my rights. I am the property of Jesus Christ. How he wants to use me, he can use me. I no longer have a say over my time. I no longer have a say over my money. I no longer have a say over everything concerning my life because Jesus is what matters to me. Jesus is what matters to me. The media team are not going to like me for doing this, but guys, uh, guys, uh, bear with me as I, as, I, as I do this. Maybe I'll take, uh, I'll take the foot pedal because it's, it's, easy, it's easy as an example to do. And then, um, and then I can always plug it back in uh, when it's time. Look at this piece of wire. Mark, can you come up here just for a second? You can, uh, you can help me here. Hold that other end of the piece. And look at this piece. Look at this wire. I'm standing over here. Mark is standing over there. Mark, if you will hold up, please, your end. And look at that shiny bit. Everybody see that shiny bit? That shiny bit is perhaps your life on earth. All of the black bits is the life to come. That shiny bit there is your life on earth. All of that black bit that you see is your life to come. So your life does not finish when you die and people conduct your funeral, cry over you and say bye and then have a party in your name. That's not the end of your life. Your life continues long after we bury you. And Epaphras, who is one of Christ Jesus, he says, I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because life does not just finish here on earth. So if all you can think about is your job, your family, your children, your pension, and your retirement, then all you're focusing is on the silver bit of your life, which is the time period you have in life. But some of us have been given the wisdom to know that life does not end when we die. Life goes, goes on way after we die. And how you serve on earth matters in eternity. What you do for God matters in eternity. You may be thinking, man, what a fool I am to tithe and to give my time to God and to serve. Hey, time will tell whether you were a fool or not. Time will tell whether you were a fool or not. Because there are years and 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 years ahead of you. And I want to recommend to you that you serve Jesus Christ while you are on earth. You will be so glad in eternity that you did. How many if you're grateful that our life does not end here on earth, uh, every person who has put their trust in Jesus has entered into eternal life. Death is not the end, my friends. There is eternity ahead of us and we will live forever and ever rejoicing with Christ Jesus. Let's thank God for the eternal life he has given us in Christ Jesus. There is a story that is mentioned about a missionary. I've shared this story here before. A missionary that went to a far off country to serve God. And she spent all her life serving God there. This was way before uh, air travel was common. And uh, she gave everything. And we, she sold everything. And she had everything. And at the, at the very end of his life, where she, her body was frail, she re- decided to return to her home country because she knew that her end of life was there. She got on a ship. She came back. And, and, uh, and as she was exiting the ship, there was bunting everywhere. There was fan fair everywhere there was there was people rejoicing there was music there was such such joy and celebration and she was so encouraged to know that her entire lifetime was not wasted and as she stepped out she realized that all of the celebration and the fanfare was not for her but somebody had come back after winning a sports medal somewhere in olympics on a world championship and after all of the fanfare finished she stood there on the dock all by herself not even one person and no one in her church, no one in her family had come back to receive her and she had to somehow find 
her way home. And she said to God in that moment, broken in her heart and said, God, I gave my entire lifetime serving you. Here I am back home and not even one person has come to receive me. And God spoke to her and said, my daughter, you are not home yet. You are not home yet. This world is not our home. There is an eternal home to which we will go and we will receive our reward and we will see him who was crucified. And I'm, I'm pleading with you that you will use the most of your life to serve Jesus. Do not waste your time. Do not waste your money. Do not waste your talent. Do not waste your energy. Jesus is worthy of it all. And you and I can have an opportunity while we're here on earth to bow our knees to Jesus, not be a consumer of Christianity, but to serve him and tell him that his lordship over your life matters. If you are grateful for Christ's lordship and if you want to serve him, why don't you take a moment to worship him? 30 seconds, come on now, in the ways that say, God, I serve you. I live for you. You are worthy of my life and everything. I serve you with everything that I am, that I have. He is a servant of Christ Jesus. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. And he sends you his greetings. He sends you his greetings. In other words, relationship mattered. He, he sends you his greetings. He, he's like, I want to check in with you. You must remember this was a time before social media and before phone calls. And so the only way he can check in on it is by writing letters. How many of you remember those days? The good old days you had to write letters. I'm showing my age here. There's some people in this church going, what on earth are you talking about? I've never written a letter in my life. But that's how we did it back in the day, guys. We wrote letters. Sends you his greetings. He is always, everybody say always. That means this was not something that he slotted in once a week. This was not something that he did when it was convenient. He was always that means this was his lifestyle. He's always, he's always, what's he always doing? Wrestling in combat, in prayer. For who? For what? For you. For you. For you. What a waste of time, isn't it? What a waste of investment. Surely he has other things to do. Surely he can spend that time elsewhere. Surely he can spend that energy elsewhere. He is always doing what? Wrestling in prayer for you. For you. For you. Pastor Grayson Jones, when he was here with us a few months ago, said these words, and I'll never forget it. He said, whatever you sow into the kingdom of God, never leaves your life. It only moves into your future. It only moves into your future. He's been wrestling in prayer, but it's not a waste. He's wrestling in prayer for the church in Colossae. What is he wrestling for? Watch this. Number one, that you may stand firm. In what? In all the will of God. Everybody say all. All the will of God. And that you may be mature and fully assured. Let's go back to the NLT if we can have that verse. He's wrestling in prayer. For what? Asking God to make you strong and perfect. Fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Everybody say strong. Say perfect. Say fully confident. Say following the whole will of God. I want you to imagine with me that I text you one day and I say, hey, are you free? I want to take you shopping. So you reply, you happen to be free and you say, oh, we'd love to come shopping. I said, I want to buy you something. And um, it's um, no, not that I want to buy. I said, I've bought something and uh, I just want to show you this product in the shop. I'm going to recommend to you. I got it. And, um, you know, if you like it, you can buy it. Imagine I'm being a salesperson, okay? So you come with me on this trip, we get in the car, we go to a secret shop that nobody knows about, there's a secret door, we enter, we go to a shelf, and there is a mysterious bottle there, and in it, there is a pill. I say, here's the product. If you buy this, and if you eat it, you will be strong, 
perfect, fully confident that you are always following the will of God. How much would you pay for that? I'd sell my house for it. Strong. Always strong. Always perfect. Always fully confident. Always following, not partially, the whole will of God. If there was a pill like that that you could buy, how much would you pay for it? I'd give anything for it. Because when I'm wholly following the will of God, I lack nothing. When I'm wholly following the will of God, I have healing, I have provision, I have protection, I have prosperity, the blessings on my family, the blessings on my kids. I'm living in the will of God. I'm accomplishing the plan of God. If I am wholly following the will of God at all times, fully confident that I'm following the whole will of God at all times, fully strong and fully perfect, always, if there was a product that you could buy, that you could eat, and that would do that to you, how much would you pay for it? If we put that on eBay, how much would people bid for it? If there was an auction for it, how much would people bid for it? What is the worth and value of that product? Here's the thing. It's free. It's called wrestling in prayer. Epaphras was wrestling in prayer. That you'll be strong, perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Next question. If that was your contribution on earth, what do you think your reward is in heaven? If that's the difference Epaphras made on earth, what do you think his welcome looks like in heaven? If that was what he did with his life, do you think that was a waste? Because of Epaphras, the Colossian church was strong, perfect, fully confident that they're following the whole will of God. Now, if prayer could not produce this, Paul wouldn't have written it. Paul is saying, I am a witness that. One version says, I am a witness. I can bear witness that this is what Epaphras is doing. In other words, Paul could see it. Paul could look at his brother Epaphras and say, man, what are you up to? Oh, I know what he's up to. Always wrestling. Always wrestling. Always wrestling. Always wrestling. Always wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Why? Father, the Colossian church should be strong. The Colossian church should be perfect. The Colossian church should be fully following the whole will of God all their lives. My friends, that invitation is open to everyone. I want to read a few quotes from Oswald Chambers um, that, uh, that have shaped my life uh, concerning prayer. And uh, listen to this. He says, John chapter 14, verse 12, And greater works than these you shall do, Jesus said, because I go to my Father. May I read this for you, please? This is what Oswald Chambers says. Prayer does not fit us for the greater works. Prayer is the greater work. We think of prayer as the common sense exercise of our higher powers in order to prepare us for God's work. However, in the teachings of Jesus Christ, prayer is the working of the miracle of redemption in me, which produces the miracle of redemption in others. The way fruit remains is by prayer, but remember it is prayer based on redemption. Prayer is the battle. It is a matter of indifference where you are. Whichever way God engineers your circumstances, the duty is to pray. Never allow the thought, I'm no use where I am. (laughs) Because you certainly can be of no use where you're not. Wherever God has you, pray. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, Jesus said. We won't pray unless we get thrills. And that is the interest form of spiritual selfishness. Which means, do I feel something? Did I feel goosebumps? No. We have to labor along God's direction. And he says, pray. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into his harvest. There's nothing thrilling about a laboring man's work. But it's the laboring man 
who makes the concept of the genius possible. And it is the laboring saint who makes the concept of his master possible. Your labor at prayer results happen all the time from his standpoint. What an astonishment it will be to find that one day the souls that you have been that have been reaped by you simply because you lived in the habit of taking your orders from Jesus Christ. What a surprise it will be one day when the veil is lifted. The souls that have been reaped by you simply because you've been in the habit of taking your orders from Jesus Christ. Prayer is not something that prepares you for greater works. Prayer is the greater work. And today I feel the Holy Spirit wants to give us grace to say yes to a life of prayer. Would it be possible that it was said one day in heaven because of Paul's prayer, because of Hannah's prayer, because of Kelly's prayer, because of Camilla's prayer, Beacon Church was strong, perfect, fully confident that we were always following the whole will of God. If that's your legacy, what more do you want? If that's the way heaven is going to receive you one day, hey, this is Epaphras because of his prayer life, because he was wrestling in prayer, because he was wrestling in prayer for the church. The church was strong. Who's the church? The church is not the the building. The church is not the meetings that we take place. The church is each of you. And that's why you cannot use Sunday services being part of a local church as a hobby, as something that fits in with your schedule. No. If you belong to a body of Christ, I promise you there are people praying for you that you are strong. There are people praying for you that you stand perfect. There are people praying for you that you will have full confidence in following the whole will of God. You will be amazed at the things that you think are just normal in your life that actually exist because you're part of a family of God. You are more blessed than you realize. You are more protected than you realize. You are more provided for than you realize. You are standing strong than you realize you are being more perfect you're being made more perfect than you realize you are following the will of God more than you realize and you don't realize this but all of that is because there is an engine of people praying wrestling that you will stand strong you will stand perfect you will stand fully confident in following the whole will of God beacon church what would our world look like if this challenge was taken up today and say I am not going to waste my life I'm going to pray. I'm going to wrestle and pray if I find a brother or a sister that is stumbling, that's not right. Oswald Chambers said these words, God did not give you discernment to criticize. He gave you discernment to pray. He didn't give you discernment to criticize. He gave you discernment to pray. Don't be one of those followers of Jesus Christ that walk around and say, oh, I met him. I felt something the other day. I just felt it was not right. Stop it. Don't do that. Pray for them. Wrestle in prayer for them. Be strong that they will be strong that they'll be perfect they will be following the will of God with all their heart and if you will do that you will enter into a reward that is bigger than you realize my friends your time on earth is limited and I'm pleading with you today that you will make wise investments and invest in eternity you have one opportunity at this and make your life count don't sit there and say but I don't have time I don't have talents I don't have money I don't have the education I don't have the skills. No, you don't need any of this to pray. You All you need is to open your mouth, talk to the Father and say, I'm praying for my pastor today. I'm praying for my family today. I'm praying for my children today. They haven't been walking with God, but I'm going to wrestle in prayer for them, that they will be strong and perfect and fully confident in following the will of God. I have some friends and they're not where they need to be, but I'm going to pray that they will be strong and perfect and fully confident in following 
doing the whole will of God. I look at my nation and I'm worried about the way the nation is going. But I'm going to pray that the nation will be perfect and strong and fully confident in following the whole will of God. Our prayers matter. Our prayers make a difference. Our prayers move things. Our prayers can change things. We are invited into a specific type of prayer that is not for praying all the time. But there is a wrestling match going on. I don't understand how and I don't understand how it all works. But I know that sometimes I've walked into a prayer meeting and I know that I'm in a battle and I feel like I'm wrestling with something. And when I come on the other side, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding has guarded and governed my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I know some business was done. I know a wrestling match was won. I know somebody somewhere has received strength. I know somebody somewhere has stood perfect. I know somebody somewhere has followed the will of God. Like Oswald Chambers says, what a day it will be when the veil is fully lifted and we find out the number of souls we have reaped because somebody prayed for you. You are here as a result of somebody's prayer. You are here as a result of somebody's tears. You are here as a result of somebody wrestling in prayer. You are here as a result of somebody investing in your life. Now do not be stingy. Pass it on. Join the wave. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. We can make a difference in this generation for the glory of God. Let's pray. Epaphras, who is one of you, sends you greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. Asking God to make you perfect and fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. For those of you who want to respond, I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. One, even right now before you leave the building, the third Wednesday evening of every month, we meet here Wednesday evening between 8 and 9 to pray. Why don't you go to the website right now and book in your name for the next prayer meeting that you will be here on Wednesday night and put it in your diary so that you don't forget it and you come and you pray. But not just for the prayer meetings. What would our Sunday services look like if some of you took the responsibility to say, hey, it's Sunday morning service, but it's Saturday today. I'm going to pray that tomorrow when people come, They will be strong. They will be perfect. They will wholly follow the will of God. Paul could have said, look at the Colossian church. They exist because of my preaching. They exist because of my apostleship. They exist because of my pastoring. He was very confident that the strength he found in the Colossian church was not just because of him, but because of people like Epaphras. Today, the Holy Spirit sends out a call to say, who will join us? Who will join in this mission? Who will join in this invitation? Who will say yes to Jesus to make a difference? Who will say yes to sacrifice your time by limiting your time on social media and limiting your time for all the things that you spend on that will finish with you when your life here is over, but inviting you to make a difference in eternity because your life goes on and on and on to say, I'll be like Epaphras. I'll wrestle. I'll enter into a wrestling match. I will enter into a wrestling match where I will pray. For a moment, will you all stand? If you can give me some background music, that will be wonderful. For just 60 seconds, we are going to turn our meeting into a prayer meeting. Who's ready for that? Some of you that have the spirit or the glory or the anointing to intercede. As you pray today, I believe oil will spill out of you and spill onto others. It's like this. If you took a glass of water and you just kept pouring and pouring and pouring into it, sooner or later it will spill out of you and it will spill onto others. If you can give me some background music, that would be great. If you can turn that up, that would be fantastic. Because it just gives people the concentration to pray without being conscious of their own voices. Some of you, as you pray today, other people will catch the spirit of intercession. Some of you will know what it means to wrestle in prayer. Some of you will get in 
into a wrestling match and know that you have come through the other side with peace. Some of you who have never prayed before are going to pray right now. Some of you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God will touch your tongue and lose it so you will find yourself speaking in other languages and other tongues. Some of you as you pray, the person next to you is going to catch the spirit of prayer. Some of you as you intercede, the person next to you is going to catch the spirit of intercession. Some of you are going to stop being so self-conscious and not say, no, I'm just going to meditate in prayer. No, let's wrestle in prayer this morning. There is a place to meditate. There's a place to communicate, but there's a place to wrestle. And we're going to wrestle in prayer for Beacon Church, that we will be a generation that stands strong, that stands perfect, that stands confident in the will of God. Let's get ready so that the Holy Spirit that is here, I feel the spirit of intercession is being released today. The spirit of wrestling is being released today. The spirit of Epaphras is being released today. The spirit that enables people to say, I'm no longer going to be self-conscious. I'm no longer going to say cute prayers. I'm no longer going to just meditate in prayer, but I'm going to pray until something happens. Church, this is the morning where something begins to happen in our community. This is the morning where something begins to break through in our lives. This is the morning where we are invited into the greatest blessing that He can have on your life. Are we ready, church? Are we ready, church? Are we ready, church? Are we ready, church? Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Those of you who have a tongue, release that tongue. Those of you who have a tongue, release that tongue. Those of you who speak in another language, speak. Come on, wrestle for your wife. Wrestle for your husband. Wrestle for your children. Wrestle for your job. Wrestle for your finances. Wrestle for your health. Wrestle for your future. Wrestle for this nation. Wrestle for everything that God has put in your life. There is a God that moves when people open their mouth and began to declare that God, you are able to make perfect things happen. You are able to bring strength. You are able to bring confidence in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that Beacon Church will be strong. We pray in the name of Jesus that every person in this church will be strong. We pray every person in this church will be strong. We pray every person in this church will be strong. Every person in this church will be strong. Every person in this church will rise in perfection. We pray that every person in this church will wholly follow the will of God. We will wholly follow the will of God. We will wholly follow Follow the will of God. Holy, follow the will of God. We'll wholly follow the will of God. We will wholly follow the will of God. We will wholly follow the will of God. If you have a friend, a neighbor, a son, a grandson, an in-law, a great-grandson, somebody in your family that you really love, that is not wholeheartedly following the will of God, We read this morning and the Holy Spirit is saying this morning that your prayer is going to change that. Your prayer is going to influence that. That you can wrestle in prayer for that individual. Come on, for 30 seconds, for every person in your family that is not following. Come on, let's wrestle. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our husbands who are not following Jesus, for our wives that are not following Jesus, for our children that are not following Jesus, for our grandchildren that are not following Jesus. In the name of Jesus, may our sons and daughters, fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, may this community rise and rise and rise and rise as we follow God and stand strong in the will of God stand perfect in the will of God stand perfect in the will of God hallelujah I feel the anointing of God in this room releasing the anointing that Epaphras had to wrestle in prayer where you will stop wasting your life and invest into your future thank you Jesus Sometimes an outward commitment is needed for an inward conviction. If you're here saying, I I take up the call. The call this morning has been clear and loud. I want to be like Epaphras, praying for the church. I will be at the prayer meeting 
on the third Wednesday in October and the third Wednesday in November. I'll take that call. I'll be there. I'll bring my friends. For a moment, will you lift your hands? I'm going to pray that the glory and the grace and the anointing of an intercessor comes on you. Even if you are an intercessor here and you feel that God has called you to a life of prayer, I'm going to pray that today there will be a glory and a grace that comes upon your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person that says yes to this call, this high calling that makes a difference in people's lives, that they will stand strong and perfect, holy, following the will of God. I say in the name of Jesus, let the grace to intercede, the grace to pray, the grace to wrestle in prayer, the grace to pray that the church is perfect, the grace to pray that the church stands strong, the grace to pray that our community will always wholeheartedly follow the church of the will of God. Father, let that grace come upon us now. Let that glory manifest now. Let that impartation happen now. Let the grace to pray happen now. Even this week, you will find yourself losing appetite for food. Some of you will start praying along with fasting. Because you will say, I don't feel like eating breakfast. I just want to pray. Some of you will just say, I don't feel like eating lunch. I just want to pray. Some of you will say, I just don't feel like eating dinner. I just want to pray. I feel the grace to fast and pray. It it comes upon the church. Receive it now in Jesus' name. And Father God, we want to be a church that is different to every other church in town. We want to be a church that's different to every church in our community. We want to be a church that's different to every church in this nation. We want to be a praying church. We want to be a wrestling church. We want to be a church that believes that you will cause us to stand strong and perfect wholeheartedly following the will of God. And Father, we thank you that in eternity we will be so glad we did. We recognize that we are here today because of somebody's prayer. And Father, we pray that we will be able to take the same responsibility and make that difference for somebody else. We declare that to be true in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Raise your hands for a blessing. Now may God bless you and now may he keep you. May you understand that today as you heard the word of God, This week, you will stand strong. You will stand perfect. This week, you will wholeheartedly follow the will of God. Because that is God's desire for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands and give Jesus glory in the house of God today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for coming to Beacon Church. Remember... These booklets, uh, Gospel of John, a faithful servant, is available at the two welcome booths at the back. We only have 300 copies. There's 150 there, about 150 there. First come, first serve. But please don't grab it if you don't have a plan to give it to a friend. Um, grateful for crash and kids. If you've got par- if you're a parent here and you've got kids in any of the rooms, remember to collect them. Bring somebody to Beacon Church next week. Be at the prayer meeting on the third Wednesday of uh, of October. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.